Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on our podcast channel. My name is Sherry Jorgensen. Be sure to visit us at spiritualcrusade.com and enjoy the content that we deliver on a daily basis. Uh, we have talks, quotes, memes, come follow me lesson helps, um, just everything you need to help your own personal study be stronger, and then even your family study be stronger. There's lots of ideas on there for different kinds of studying, um, different ways to look at the scriptures, different ways to apply, come follow me to your families, or the scriptures to your families, or just to help the walk with your walk and journey with Christ be better. Today I would like to talk to you about answers to prayers. And one of my favorite prayer stories is a pioneer story, and I apologize for not having the name of the pioneer. I was actually told this story by my mother, and she was told the story by somebody else, and so it's kind of been passed down. Regardless, it's been one of my favorite stories, and I think about it in all different aspects of my life, but for prayer, it's one of my favorite. Um, back in the days when the saints had to cross the plains, and they had to prepare, their homes were getting burned, there was mobs, it was a really, really tough time for them, and at the same time, it wasn't financially the greatest either. They had put all of their money and efforts into building up Nauvoo and into building the temple and just getting their homes ready and so it was really hard they had to leave everything that they had developed and grown and leave to the unknown they didn't even know where they were going right and the one thing they really needed well there's a lot of things they needed but they also needed shoes walking shoes because they had wagons but the wagons were made to carry their supplies and so they needed shoes and you could either buy shoes with metal pegs and they were the best because metal pegs held up for any kind of condition but if you didn't have enough money, you could also buy shoes made with wooden pegs. Now, the shoes with wooden pegs were just as good as the shoes with metal pegs, unless they got wet. And then they would break down. I don't know if any of you have ever had a wood, something made of wood that is in water. It swells and it just kind of breaks down, right? So this little pioneer girl, she only had enough money to buy herself a pair of shoes with wooden pegs. But she was so thankful for these shoes and incredibly happy to have them. Much better than not having shoes at all. It's funny for us nowadays to think about how they saved and just put everything they had into finding a pair of shoes because our closets are full of shoes. But that's not how it was back then. They didn't have closets full of shoes. They didn't have three-inch heels and one-inch heels and flats and tennis shoes for running and tennis shoes for basketball and tennis shoes for walking. So she got her pair of shoes. She's ready for her journey west. And when she got to Utah, her shoes were in really good condition still. And everybody commented because so many people's shoes had broken down and many finished the trek west barefoot. And here her shoes were still, she says, almost in like new condition. And people were astonished. How did your shoes, you know, stay so good when everyone else's broke down? And she said, they must not have prayed every single day. And I think about that a lot because we think about prayer. And I am a prayer. I pray every single day. But this story has changed the way I pray in some ways because I think about her and I think, I'm pretty sure that other people prayed for their shoes. I'm pretty sure that as their shoes started to wear down on that trek, that they prayed for their shoes, that they would last. They knew they needed these shoes. But maybe they didn't pray when their shoes were in still good condition. 
I can just see her buying her shoes with the wooden pegs and being told, these will be wonderful as long as you don't run into water. But their trip was soggy and wet. They ran into water and snow and rivers and everything you could think of, mud. And I can just see her praying every single day that her shoes that she saved and toiled for would hold up on this trek. She prayed before they broke down because they were still in like new condition. She wasn't waiting until the soles were worn out and the holes were in the toes. She prayed before they broke down. I didn't get to talk to her, but that's what I get from the story. And it, it changes my prayers because I think, okay, I need to recognize my weaknesses. I need to recognize my children's weaknesses. I need to recognize what, are, what, what am I afraid in the home or what do we have in the home or, and just pray for everything that we can before the crisis hits. Christ will come in and help us. He helped those people that lost their shoes. There were all kinds of shoe stories. My mom has a collection of shoe stories. And there were wonderful ones and great ones. I'm only going to focus on this one today because it's just a imperative, I feel like, as we think about prayer. But he's, you know, if we wait until the spare heads, we wait until we have holes in our shoes and wait until the soles come out and wait until we no longer have shoes on our feet to pray, not all is lost. God is still there for us. He's still going to answer our prayers. It's still good. But this story is so fun because let's pray before tragedy hits or let's catch ourselves before cycles continue, right? So we all have kind of a cycle in life of how things go. Well, if we pay attention to those cycles and we think, okay, I don't want that cycle to happen like that again. Let's pray at the part of the cycle where we like it. Let's pray hard for that to stay for longer. And so I, you know, I think about answers to prayers. And what I want to, so now we talked about her. And the other thing I want to talk about is I'm sure she had lots of prayers of gratitude. Well, actually, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for these other pioneers who I'm sure prayed for their shoes, that's kind of where I want to focus my prayers on is these answers to prayers or maybe the unanswered prayers. And since unanswered prayers has a tendency to sound like prayers that the Lord doesn't care about or that the Lord doesn't pay attention to, I'm going to change it because I don't really think they're unanswered. We're going to call these prayers prayers that are answered differently than we expected because he answers our prayers. He doesn't always answer them in the way that we want. And as we go through this, we'll talk about it and we'll get an idea of how we can see the Lord's hands in our lives even when we don't feel the kind of relief we are hoping for. As a mother of seven children, I kind of get this because I always think of my Heavenly Father. He is my Heavenly Father. He is the ultimate father, the ultimate parent, right? And he loves me. But as I am a mother of seven children, I get it because I love them so much. I mean, my heart's desires are the, are the same as my children's desires. Like, I want my children to have their desires. I want everything to come true for, the, for them. I want their dreams to be perfect. At the same time, because I have lived through their stages of life, I can more clearly see what gives temporarily happiness at maybe a stage in life, opposed to what a long-term struggle could cause. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes at the moment that they're in it, they're teenagers and they want this, but I can see that's not going to get you to where you really ultimately want to be. In fact, it could cause long-term struggles. And so because of that, I can't always grant them their wish or their desire of their heart that day, right? And so as we think about that, that same with our Heavenly Father, He sees a much bigger picture than what we see. 
And so he can't always grant us the desire that we see in front of us, even though we don't really understand it. And that's our greatest thing in the whole world. He can't do that because he knows that long term, there's a, there's a better answer for us. Or long term, there's a bigger picture. And so he has to keep that all in mind. He has to juggle a lot of years and a lot of emotions and a lot of different scenes. And so it's really hard. Um, so, so at this time, when I can't grant my children their greatest desire, it's so often that they think that, they, that I'm not listening or that I don't care about what they want or that I... You know, and is that not how we feel sometimes with our Heavenly Father? We'll, we'll pray a prayer and we don't get the answer we desire. And so instantly we feel like he's not listening. He doesn't care about me. I'm, you know, he's got bigger things more concerning. Or maybe, maybe there isn't a God. Maybe that's sometimes how we feel. I've had um, some people that I know that, well, a young girl that I know that lost her brother at a very young age. And she prayed for three years to feel the Lord's love. And she just didn't feel like he gave it to her and so she just stopped believing in God and so that's a hard thing to understand because if you haven't gone through that it's a really hard thing to grasp and for me it's heartbreaking because I think no 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 you need the Lord more than ever you know but how do you tell a little heart that's from the age of eight nine and ten that the Lord does love you even if you didn't feel it you know she's older now she's like 15 still young <laughs> but I just figure that, you know, another thing we can always do is help others feel God's love through our own actions. I figure if I can show her my love that I was, that comes because the Lord loves me or my peace and my happiness that I get from him, maybe that she can grab onto a little bit of that and then eventually get back to where she has a desire to find that relationship with her Heavenly Father and turn to him for prayers and then ultimately get those answers to prayers right. But, um... Then another thing that I, that is helps me understand answers to prayers is that we're dealing with a perfect parent. So whenever we relate anything to ourselves, we have to remember that we're imperfect. So it's, we can't we have to give grace there in the sense that we can't. They don't really. It's not really apples and apples. It's you know apples and oranges. And so he's a perfect parent. And the other thing is that he loves every single person on this entire earth equally and the same. He is not a respected person, which means he loves all inhabitants on the earth, regardless of nationality, race, weakness, status, height, weight, trials, tribulations, sins, weaknesses, strengths. He loves everybody. And so if you're feeling not loved by God, just remember he actually does love you. And there's, there's nobody that he loves more than he loves you. He loves everybody equally. And he has that perfect equal love because he is God and he is our Heavenly Father and we are his children. And we are divine. And he does love us like that. So one thing that I love that Oswald Chambers said is, we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on our difficulties. And I think this is key because I, I believe that sometimes when we don't feel God's love, it's because we are so over-consumed with the difficulty that it's hard to feel God and to see him. Okay, so in Alma 32, he talks about planting a seed of faith. And then nourishing that seed of faith and how it will grow into a, a great faith, a big, big, huge tree, a big, huge oak tree of faith, right? But the truth is, and this is something that we have to understand, is that any tree we nourish will grow. Any tree. So if you choose to nourish a tree of discouragement 
or sadness or despair, then that tree will grow. And it will grow big, like a big oak tree. So whatever tree we nourish, we feed and we water and we cultivate and we spend time and we weed, that's the tree that's going to grow. So we, if, if, if we want a tree of faith and a tree of trust and a tree where the Lord is the biggest tree in our vineyard, then we need to water, nourish, and, and uh, cultivate that tree, the tree of faith and the tree of trust. It takes time and you have to, <laughs> it's funny because you have to trust the process enough to earn that trust. So it's kind of tricky. You have to go out on a limb and say, okay, I'm going to leave these trees or these plants or these seeds of discouragement aside and I'm going to work and cultivate and nourish my tree of faith and trust in the Lord and put my focus there. And I believe that as we take our eyes off our difficulties and on God, that we will see his love and see his hands in our lives. And I know this because I see it in my own life. You know, recently... Well, right now we're trying to move to Arkansas. We have gotten the answer that we are supposed to move to Arkansas. We, um, through prayer, and all of us, you know, three of us, my husband, myself, and my oldest daughter, well, my oldest daughter is going to college, but the oldest one who will be moving with us, have all prayed separately and received separate answers of confirmation that that is the direction we're supposed to go. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that was the first great answer to prayers. But with that has come a lot of obstacles. We have to sell the house that we have now in order to buy a house in Arkansas. And we're, just ha we're not really getting that much action on our home here. And then the homes in Arkansas, we're having a hard time finding one. So we thought, well, we'll rent. We're having a hard time finding a home to rent. We have a large family. I mean, we're just really running into a lot of obstacles. And it's hard because we still, we love our home that we live in. We love our town that we live in. We, we love our friends. We have nothing that makes us want to move except for, well, my son's health is the reason why we're ultimately moving and we're hoping that that works. But my point is, is like, it's a hard, it's a hard path to follow because it hasn't been easy. And so sometimes you have to step into the Red Sea before it parts. Sometimes you have to start building an ark on dry ground without any rain. We are just trying to move forward in faith and trusting the Lord. And as time goes and as things don't progress, that trust and that faith starts to sometimes diminish a little bit and it gets scary. But way back in the very beginning, my sister told me, she said, Sherry, you've already prayed that your house will sell. You've prayed that you'll find a home. You've prayed about moving. Now trust the Lord and every time you pray, Pray prayers of gratitude. Ask him to help you. Oh, no, no, that's not a prayer of gratitude. <laughs> Thank him. Thank him for preparing a home for you in Arkansas. Thank him for preparing buyers for you, for your home in Iowa. And so I started doing that. I started praying prayers of gratitude, and I could not believe the peace and comfort that came into my heart as I realized, okay, like, He's got this. The Lord knows my prayers. I've asked him and he gets it. And now I need to thank him for all his efforts behind the scenes that I don't see because they're there and I don't see them and it's hard. And then um, 
you know, then I started praying prayers of gratitude for other prayers in my life, great prayers in my life. And one of them was my son's being sick. You know, he's um, been sick for five or six years. It's so hard to see a kid that was running around, so enthusiastic, light, full of life. Everything was great to get sick and just struggle with fatigue and leg pain and stomach aches and headaches and um, oh, just everything. He has a his POTS, P-O-T-S, it's apostrophe for a long word. It's an autonomous, dis an autonomic dysfunction. So everything that you and I do automatically, his body struggles with temperature control, heart rate, immune system, da, 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 da. This makes for a really hard life to watch him suffer through this. But um, I can really pour my heart out in tears and despair. <laughs> but when my sister gave me this challenge for the home, I started applying that um, for my son's health. And thanking the Lord for, he can he can actually still walk and participate in activities. He's very smart. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many things of prayers of gratitude. Look around, Sherry, me, look around. There are so many children that have struggles. And the parents, and my heart understands how these parents feel because it's so hard to have a child that doesn't get to run and experience life the way other people do. And yet Luke, is, in, is able to do that still, even though he has struggles. So even though his life doesn't look like maybe another child, he's still able to function. And so there's so many prayers of gratitude. And I was talking to a mother whose daughter's in a wheelchair and has been since birth. She's very smart, but she can't talk or walk or anything. She commu They communicate, but you know, it's in their own language. And I was talking to her about this and she just teared up. And she just said, you know what? I prayers of gratitude saved my life as I am thankful for what my daughter does and just struggle with fatigue and leg pain and stomach aches and headaches and um, oh, just everything. He has a, his POTS, P-O-T-S. It's apostrophe for a long word. It's an, autonomous dis, an autonomic dysfunction. So everything that you and I do automatically, his body struggles with temperature control, heart rate, immune system, da, 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 da. This makes for a really hard life to watch him suffer through this. But um, I can really pour my heart out in tears and despair. <laughs> but when my sister gave me this challenge for the home, I started applying that um, for my son's health and thanking the Lord for, he can, he can actually still walk and participate in activities. He's very smart. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many things of prayers of gratitude. Look around, Sherry, <laughs> me, <laughs> look around. There are so many children that have struggles and the parents, and my heart understands how these parents feel because it's so hard to have a child that doesn't get to run and experience life the way other people do. And yet Luke is, in, is able to do that still, even though he has struggles. So even though his life doesn't look like maybe another child, he's still able to function. And so there's so many prayers of gratitude. And I was talking to a mother whose daughter's in a wheelchair and has been since birth. She's very smart, but she can't talk or walk or anything. She commu They communicate, but you know, it's in their own language. And I was talking to her about this and she just teared up. And she just said, you know what? I, well, prayers of gratitude saved my life. As I, I'm thankful for what my daughter does have, then the things that she doesn't have become minimal because I recognize how blessed we are and how blessed she is. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I walked away from that thinking, Sherry, what are you doing? Like, 
life is good. <laughs> Luke's life is good. So as, as we apply prayers of gratitude to our lives, we will feel a change of attitude. And we will feel hope in our situations, whatever they are. And there are so many people, you know, I know the situations are so great. There's financial, there's illness. I mean, it's just huge, 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 huge. But we will be able to see that lift and that change and that love that the Lord has for us. Um, so I also wanted to... Okay, so one more thing I want to talk to you guys about. This happened the, yesterday. So I wanted to add this in after talking about all this stuff. So my sister started talking to us about gratitude. And that was probably two months ago. And that's changed my whole life. And I still do that. But I have to admit, sometimes I think, okay... I still don't have a house. My house still isn't sold. School's about to start. What am I doing? And I just have to like talk to the Lord, like help me. And and this day, and I know sometimes we he can't just hold our hand and do everything for us. Like us as parents, we can't always do that for our kids, right? Sometimes we have to say, okay, figure it out. You're, this is time for you to figure it out so you can grow. So you need to make the next decision and you need to make the next move. Like I said, step into the Red Sea before it parts. Whatever you got to do, make the next move. Okay, but to that, this particular day, I, I just needed assurance. I, I have, I need help. I just beg the Lord, please help me know what is going on. Are we doing the right thing? Are we supposed to be stepping into the Red Sea or are we going to drown? Is it going to part or are we stepping into something that's not, we're not supposed to? Did we misunderstand you? Has things changed? You know, things can change. Okay, so has, has the direction changed? Are we supposed to do something different now? I get that. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with getting a feeling one direction and then it changes. That's fine. Life changes. I just needed assurance. So that I just begged, help me have assurance. And so I did my typical thing where I say my prayer and then I open my scriptures and I opened to First Nephi 17 and I read through it and it's really, really good. And um, I'll just, you know, in verse one and two really gave me the, the feeling of, the, you know, heavy afflictions equals great blessings. Because often when we have a big prayer, there's a lot that's involved in it. It's the reason why it's a big prayer. It's not easily answered. And so we, we have obstacles. And for like the move of the house, I'm just going to use that one because it's an easy one. It's not too personal. You know, once you get talking about other big prayers, sometimes they're more personal illnesses and things like that. So I do have my own few big prayers, but this one's an easy one to talk about. So with the sale of the home, you know, we've got new carpet. And then the AAC broke, so we had to do AAC. Then the washer and dryer broke, we had to do that. And, you know, we've had nonstop things break, which before we tried to sell our house, nothing broke. Now everything's breaking. So you start second-guess yourself. I don't know if I even have the money to try to move before I sell my home, which we did before we didn't know if we could, but now it's even more. So you kind of see where, in verse 1 and 2, it was like, heavy afflictions equals great blessings. So am I not recognizing the blessings? And I'm only focusing on the afflictions. I had to ask myself. So there you go back to the prayer of gratitude. Now I need to have prayers of gratitude, not just about the home, but about the whole process. And so that helped me. And then back in 13, um, I will, so First Nephi 17, 13 says, and I will also be your light in the wilderness and I will prepare the way before you. So I always think of the wilderness. Lehi had to leave everything he had and he went in the wilderness. And I always think of that wilderness as being anything that any of us have to do that's uncomfortable, that takes us out of our, um, you know, our comfortable zone, that makes us <laughs> grow out of change or whatever. So we all have these steps of wilderness that we have to step into. So this would be a move of wilderness to me. Even though I don't have to leave everything, move into a tent and live with my family on raw meat, I get that. Regardless, it feels like wilderness to me. We move, we leave everything, our friends, our family, our business, 
we go into the unknown. And so to me, this is my wilderness. And so I love that. To me, that was my, what I was asking for. I just wanted to know. And then for him to say that he will be the light in the wilderness. So it's okay. You might think you're going into the dark, but I am actually there for you. And then he goes even further than that. I will prepare the way before you. Not only am I the light, but I have been there before you and have prepared the way. So as you think you're stepping into the dark, remember the Red Sea? As you think you're stepping in, the waters part. As you think you're stepping into the darkness, you will find a light and you will see that I have been there and that I have prepared for you whatever he's prepared. Doesn't mean there won't be afflictions because if we don't have afflictions, afflictions we don't get great blessings, right? <laughs> Verse 2. So, but I... I just love that because that really gave me a peace of mind and a peace of heart. Right, my heart was just calm that day. And so, um, go read First Nephi seventeen, verse thirteen. If you are facing a wilderness of your own, that you need to feel that the Lord's love, and then you need that reassurance that He is going to prepare the way for you. We have regardless, like I said, regardless if it's maybe trying to come back from sin, maybe if it's um, you have a loved one that's suffering from a you know cancer or some other illness that is. Um, terminal, maybe it's a financial struggle, mm-hmm. maybe a lost job or a change in direction. I don't know. There's just so many things that people are struggling with. But that really gave me um, just such reassurance. And then in verse 24, do you suppose that they would have been led out of bondage if the Lord had not commanded Moses that he should lead them out of bondage? So he's talking about when um, the, when, the, when Moses led the Israelites out of bondage into the sea, right? What we're talking about. But all things are done through the power of God. So that's important to remember too. That he's, he, we have access to his power. And that he is there before us. And his light is there. And everything is done through him. Okay, so I have before, I, I want to wrap up with some of my favorite scriptures. I did a scripture study on prayer. Uh, just, to, just to try to grasp the power of God. And... With it, I came up with some of my favorite scriptures that I think of all the time that help me understand the Lord. So, the first one is Alma 26, 35. Now, have we not reason to rejoice? Yea, I say unto you, there never were men that had so great reason to rejoice as we, since the world began. Yea, and my joy is carried away, even unto boasting in my God. For he has all power, all wisdom, and all understanding. He comprehendeth all things, and he is a merciful being, even unto salvation, to those who repent and believe on his name. Okay, so this alone is so huge to me. If we understand who we are asking to help us. So we're talking about prayers today. We're talking about answers to prayers, unanswered prayers, the whole thing, prayers. We are talking to God. He is all wisdom, all power, all understanding. He comprehendeth all things, and he is a merciful being. My favorite scripture. That is amazing. That's who our trust is in. Is there anybody else that you could trust greater than that? He is not part power, part wisdom, part understanding, comprehendeth a few things, and a little bit merciful. No. All power, all wisdom, all understanding, comprehendeth all things. There's nothing you're not going through that he does not comprehend and that he is not willing to apply all his understanding, all his wisdom, and all his power to. Is that not beautiful? We can just rest assured that we're in good hands. 
We are in the best hands, right? Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. But the very hair of your head are all numbered. The God that we just talked about, that is all power, all understanding, all wisdom, comprehend of all things, understand of all things, He knows us perfectly. He is in every detail. There is not a hair that falls off your head that He does not know about. Think about it. How often do you shed hair? <laughs> okay. We have to believe this. Even in the middle of our trials, we have to trust Him that he loves us and we've got to find ourselves an ounce of ability to be grateful. And we have to find the ability to believe in him and to move forward. We have to find the energy to act on what he's asking us to do. In the middle of all of this, all these prayers, ask, the come follow me this last week was, Lord, what would, what would you have me do? Ask him what you can do to help your situation. So we have to trust him to love us enough and to give us the direction that we need. We are here to be tried and tested so that we grow and develop. He loves us enough to help us become great. He knows us perfectly and he is in every single detail of our lives, the small details and the great details. In the furnace God may prove thee, fence to bring thee forth more bright, but can never cease to love thee. Thou art precious in his sight. God is with thee. God is with thee. Thou shalt triumph in his might. Okay, Helium, Helaman 12.10, And by the power of his voice they are broken up and become smooth, yea, even like unto a valley. Yea, by the power of his voice doth the whole earth shake. Yea, by the power of his voice do the foundations rock even to the very center. Okay, so if God's voice is enough to command the, command the mountains to flatten and the valleys to rise, he only has to speak a miracle and it will happen. This should help us understand that if, in the best interest of our lives, he would speak the answer we most desire, then it would be done. And, that, and then we need to recognize that if it isn't happening, we might as well not spend any time sulking because there, because there must be a great lesson to be learned or there must be others' lives to be blessed. In Brooke P. Hale's talk, Answers to Prayers, by the way, go read it, he talks about Joseph's brothers being sold into Egypt. And I guarantee Joseph was offering some pretty bold, intense prayers at this time. However, he must have trusted the Lord and decided to figure out why he was in this situation because he ended up saving his family from starvation and becoming a great leader in Egypt. Do you think God had a plan for Joseph? Okay, yes. One that he couldn't see during those rough years when his brothers hated him and during the years when he was enslaved. I doubt that he could really see the full picture. After the full picture came to light, I guarantee, Joseph thought to himself, I would have had it no other way, right? God's big picture is the big picture that is good, the best for us. It's the best plan for us. It's not just the best plan for him. Remember that his will is the will that he knows will bring us the most happiness. Think as being a mother, your desire is not to make your child miserable. It is to help your child become great. You don't want to say no to something that they want to do because you want, you love to see them cry in their room. No, it's because you hope that by saying no, you can protect them or guide them so that they can go, go further, right? 
Um, Third Nephi eighteen twenty. And whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, what which is right, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be happy. He wants to grant us our greatest desires and our least desires. He wants to grant us both, big and small. He promises that if we ask him, as long as it is in accordance with his will, remember, take note, his will is always what will ultimately will bring us greatest joy, even if we can't see it, he promises us that he will help it come to pass if it, if it aligns with everything. Okay, DNC 98.1, Verily I say unto my friends, fear not. Let your hearts be comforted. Yea, rejoice evermore, and in everything give thanks. Wait patiently on the Lord, for your prayers have entered into the ears of the Lord of Saba, and are recorded with his seal and testament. The Lord has sworn and decreed that they shall be granted. Therefore, he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled, and all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good. And to my glory's name, saith the Lord. I love that. All things will work together for our good. That statement in and of itself is beautiful because all things will work together for our good. Not some things, all things. We have to trust the Lord. We have to be patient. We have to find joy during trials, knowing that God loves us perfectly. There's a chance that if we, I believe, that if we knew the beginning from the end, that our prayers would be in line with the Lord's will. He wants nothing more than the best for us. Besides that he has never left our side during those tough moments, remember that Christ is with you. He's walking beside you and he's carrying you if you can't walk. He has never left us. You will stand, you will one day stand aside and look at your difficult times and you will realize that he was always there beside you. Thomas S. Monson. And here I have a little prayer poem I want to read by Eliza Hickok. I know not by what methods where, but, I, but this I know, God answers prayer. I know that he has given his word, which tells me prayer is always heard and will be answered soon or late. And so I pray and calmly wait. I know not if the blessing sought will come in just the way I thought, but leave my prayers with him alone, whose will is wiser than my own, assured that he will grant my quest or send some answer far more blessed. <laughs> that makes me kind of get teary because I think, wow. And, I, and that's true. Sometimes the answer we get ends up being even the greater blessing than the one that we asked for. Bert P. Hale says, Sometimes our prayers are answered quickly with the outcome we hope for. Sometimes our prayers are not answered in the way we hope for. Yet with time we learn that God had greater blessings prepared for us than we initially anticipated. And sometimes our righteous petitions to God will not be granted in this life. As Elder A. Maxwell said, faith also includes trusting in God's timing. And I want to finish with my testimony that the Lord loves us and that he does care about what our desires of our hearts are and that our prayers are answered and that he wants us to know that with every ounce of his body and every ounce of his soul and every ounce of everything that he's in the details of our lives and he doesn't want us to feel alone and he doesn't want us to feel forgotten or unheard. And so if we can just... Like Alma 37, 47 says, if we can trust him and look to God and live. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have been able to pull any nuggets of truth out of this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and come back and come back often. <laughs>